and I do what I ought It don't happen much these days All right, and welcome to the Humble Beer Podcast. This is Chris Hill. This is DJ Lou. And uh, we are at the Brewing and Distilling Center today in downtown Knoxville, and we've got Todd with us um, from the Brewing and Distilling Center, as well as two of his, um, I guess, teachers, professors? Yeah, they're, they're instructors for instructors. our enthusiasts. Yeah, instructors is the official term. Yes. Um, for our home brewing classes. Yeah, and we got Sean. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks for having us. And Charles over here as well. Hello. <laughs> and um, yeah, we're excited to talk to you guys today. Um, I'm last time we had Todd on the podcast. Oh my gosh, we were we were just talking about this actually being a building and being a location. Yeah, it's and been a while. We were not in this location no, last time we chatted. No, we were not. And it's we, just cool we were up at Round Six in Maryville. Yeah, kind of. That place is coming a far a long way since we've. Yes. Been up there, so it's kind of cool to kind of see the the growth of everything and this business and all the other businesses and stuff. Yeah, yeah, we've been talking about this for a while, but we really need to get to the point where we do um, we go back and revisit all the breweries that we interviewed when they first started. Now, because it's it's been a couple years. Yeah. yeah, and and in Knoxville, when you're talking about sort of like a, a dog's years, beer right. year, craft beer years in Knoxville is <laughs> <Yeah>. fast. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So five years ago, there was not 20 breweries in Knoxville. No. That's bizarre. Yeah, but we're pretty much at 20 right now. Yeah, yeah Knox area. So. Yeah, it's really cool. It's crazy. Really exciting. Well, um, we're here today um, not just to talk about brewing and distilling, but to talk about some of the homebrewing classes. Yeah. Um, talk with Charles, talk with Sean about that. Um, so, yeah, so tell me a little bit about um, the, the center. I know, I, obviously, we've had you on before, but yep. I'd love to just kind of get a refresh for those who might be tuning in for the first time sure. going, what is this? Yeah, so the Brewing Distilling Center, our primary focus is to train individuals to be professional brewers or distillers. Um, and, and I started this similar program at South College in 2013, left there in 2017, and started the Brewing Distilling Center, otherwise known as the BDC, we like to call it, but started the BDC in 2017. And we are in the midst of our fifth class at the BDC. We just finished week four with our professional class. And again, those folks will move on to be to have professional jobs in the commercial industries. That's cool. Yeah, but today we're talking about our home brewing classes, which are just as important because one, it's for fun, it's brewing beer at home, but we've also had two or three folks that have taken our home brewing class that have moved up to the professional class wow. uh, to be professional brewers. So this is something that can initiate, turn some folks on. To the industry and maybe even making a career out of it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's a good place to start if you're really curious about getting Definitely. into brewing. Definitely. Yeah. So with our we'll we'll start with our home brewing, call it home brewing level one, which is sort of our entry level foundational class. And I've talked to a lot of folks and and Charles and Sean can chime mm -hmm. in here, but how many folks do you know that tried to homebrew with a Mr. Beer or something on YouTube and it just didn't work out. Have you ever heard that scenario? Turns out it's about half of the people that show up for the homebrewing, uh, beginning homebrewers yeah. class. Yeah, so with, with our homebrewing level one class, it is taught by Sean, and Sean can talk more about his background, but he is president of the Blunt County Homebrewers Club, and they're an extremely active club, and there's actually been professional brewers come out of there. And uh, so I met Sean several years ago, and we, 
uh, became really fast friends. Um, and Sean not only knows his home brewing extremely well, but he's a, by profession, he is a high school instructor. So when he's wow. teaching our, yeah, so when he's teaching our class, his teaching expertise comes out because you may know the world about something, but then explain it to somebody at a level that they need to understand it is a whole different world. And Sean does an amazing job with that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely get that. My wife's a teacher as yeah. well. And so I, you know, I'm actually about to be teaching a class myself. And so I'm like, babe, I need your help. Yeah. <laughs> How do I actually teach like a teacher, you know, and, and actually do something they're going to come away with knowledge from. So that's cool. Yeah. So Sean, tell me, tell me a little bit about um, the class you teach and um, and how you kind of bring bring your education background into to teaching beer. Well, first of all, it's a little different experience for me from high school kids. I get to drink while we're actually working um, and encourage that as instead well. of needing a drink afterwards, yes. right? Uh, instead I, of taking the bottle from them out of the classroom. Pretty much tell the students right up front, uh, you have to drink beer to make beer. So I hope you're here because you enjoy it. Um, but, but really, the beginning course is designed to have people learn a little bit about styles, a little bit about uh, ingredients, what goes into beers. Uh, but I really want them to be able to leave here that same day, go home and make beer in their kitchen. Yeah. So they'll take away the knowledge of you know, sanitation, um, equipment, um, knowledge about the ingredients, and really, uh, not that making beer is simple, but it, it can be uh, done by just about anybody, and there's a few basic things you can do that can ensure you're going to have something drinkable at the end of the four weeks or whatever time you're waiting. That's cool. That's cool. So, so how did you get started in beer? Oh, boy. <laughs> Drinking or no, no, no? We all started drinking at an early age. I promise you that. So to be honest, I moved to Tennessee in 1999 from South Florida and Anheuser King down in Tampa. I went to college there and I actually went to their little traveling beer school when their Amber Bach was, you know, the craftiest thing I'd ever seen. Um, but over the years, um, developing a way to try new things. I believe it was probably a pres Preservation Pub downtown Market Square. I was living in Maryville, but coming up here as much as I could, the beer and beer market opened up, so getting to meet people and try beers from everywhere. Um, and distribution at that point wasn't too big, but loved beer. A neighbor moved in next to me who was brewing. I didn't understand what all this equipment was coming out of the back of that U-Haul, but we got to be pretty good friends, and once... Um, he grew up, I should say, and moved off to Colorado for other things. I decided I had to get busy myself and started looking for other like-minded folks in, in Little Blount County. Um, the market in Maryville opened up, market on Washington and High, which was kind of the center down there for anything craft beer and created a, a little culture that got started. Uh, it gave me and other folks a chance not to have to come to right downtown Knoxville yeah. Uh, all the time. I was coming up here two or three times a week and um, formed a little club with a few folks and it's kind of taken off from there. That's cool. where that's where Sean and I met because I actually owned that beer department. And so we had the first growler wall in East Tennessee. I started the first beer tastings in East Tennessee at the market. Mm. 
And again, that's where Sean and I met. It became a really cool gathering place for craft beer folks in, in the area. And it's also where I, I met my wife. And Sean actually witnessed that, which was, I guess, interesting. And Sean may have another take on it. But, <laughs> but we know we, we have a long background of, of, uh, of beer at, uh, in, in, in Maryville. Well, I think for me, joining the BDC for the beginning brewing classes is really all about me. Like, I have a career. I have no interest personally in becoming a, a brewer at some uh, new establishment or opening up my own place. I just have a love for beer and for brewing. And if I can spread a little bit of that to the folks that come out and they can leave here and go home and brew something they like. And if that leads to something more for them, that's fantastic. Uh, what Charles does is a little bit more complicated. Uh, we don't want to push them off the truck while it's at full steam. So my class is a pretty good place to start if you don't know that much about beer or uh, the ingredients because there's a lot of steps. I mean, it, it can be as complicated or more so than any winemaker wants to pretend their, their craft is. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. So, so if I were to come in and say, okay, I want to take this class right now, what, what would my, what, what would it look like? Is it just a one, it's a one day event. I come in, I learn. And then by the end of the day, I go home with everything or how does that look? Well, it's funny you say that we Blount County homebrewers do eight to 10 events a year. And up until recently, we're still doing demos at sites. Uh, hmm. So maybe at hops for hope, I'd set up a little, uh, uh, extract brew and folks would come by and they're immediately, Oh, when can I come back and try this? And I'm thinking a uh, month, maybe <laughs> so, not by the end. Yeah. So, so the joke over a couple of years was, well, we have beer back here. So come back in an hour, it'll be ready and we'll just pop it open. So there's this disconnect between you getting a, a can or a bottle and where it actually comes from. Mm. So uh, we're set up as two classes for the beginning homebrew. And the first one of course is, like I said, learning about styles and ingredients, and then actually hands-on being a part of a, a homebrew. And that takes about, uh, what do we got? About six hours. Six so hours, we start yeah. at 9 a.m., we end around 2. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's five hours, but yeah. anyway. It, County. Yeah. <laughs> People don't also realize I that. I have my calculator with me. Sorry. <laughs> cleaning is important, and it takes a while. So, um, But... Then we do a follow-up class two or three weeks later, depending on what we're brewing, uh, to do the bottling aspect of it. Mm. Now, once that's kind of a cheaper way to go for bottling for a new home brewer and, and then getting into kegging later, which I assume Charles covers at that a little bit more in depth. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, so with the home brewing class, so specifically, um, you will get um, Sean's expert um, instruction, but they also get a a kit to take home with them oh, and cool. it's the exact kit that Charles, I'm sorry, that Sean teaches on. Yeah. So he goes through the whole kit, what everything is for, and they will take that home and they can actually brew the next day if they want to. And many do. Um, and then they get, um, Charlie, um, Charlie's book on the joy of home brewing, sort of the Bible of home brewing. They get that. Um, we're just recently being sort of sponsored by the ferment station. So in, included in there, what they get with their session is a $20 gift certificate to buy some supplies there. Oh, cool. So they get a really good start. And then like Sean said, two weeks later, they came back for a bottling session 
and however much beer we brewed is shared with how many folks are, are in the class. For me, right. it's a social thing, and I encourage them, get your buddies or friends together or, or your eight-year-old daughter, whoever, to help. You know, it's yeah. not that they have to drink, but um, I really love the fact that the students get excited about it, mm -hmm. and they go home, and I encourage them to either call or email or text and usually within a couple of days of a class, I've got several people sending me pictures and asking me questions yep. or what are these extra hops for? And then they're like, oops, <laughs> never mind, forget that. I know this is for a week later in dry hopping. And yeah, so. that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, it really is. It's so the, the enthusiasm uh, and that they get and then the instruction that they get is just really spot on. So they really know what they're supposed to do and what they want to do. And so it really is, is, a, is a cool thing. That they that they get to learn how to do something and then do it immediately after they leave. What what if I'm one of those folks that just feels like I've seen it on YouTube, I've read all the books, I know what I'm doing. Well, should should I come into your class? Those are generally the people who come to class. Because <laughs> that that didn't work out so well, right? Because they uh, tasted their own beer. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the good thing about beer. You, it's not like. Pretending to be a photographer or a podcaster, you know when you're bad. Yeah, there you go. Right. And if you don't want to admit it, it's, it's your deal. You, if you want to drink your own crappy beer, then have at it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Somebody once told me, I don't want to see what you think of this, is that when, when they, was just, they, were, they were trying to, to do their own homebrew, or that I was, when they, went, or they, when, when they were starting, if I get my words out today, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. When they were starting, they were like, they went. They they decided to brew a a beer for for an event for somebody or like a birthday. Right. Or and that's the that's how they started the homebrewing because they knew if they if they knew if they if they had a purpose to brew the beer they would actually take the time and actually go through the steps and do it and do it all do do it all the way through. And they said if you wanted to get into brewing, pick it, pick in a, a birthday party, pick a a event or pick something that you okay I'm having my friends over for the ball game next Tuesday I'm gonna brew a beer for them or not next Tuesday but next next um, <laughs> next month or whatever right I'm, I'm trying to say but I'm just saying what, what do you think about that do you think that would be a helpful uh, for a first time brew like or I wouldn't want the pressure of having it <laughs> have to be great um, yeah. but I don't, I don't think it would have to be you had to be great but I want to say like you think if somebody wanted to get into it, a, a reason, a good reason behind it, good behind it. I, I can't know. talk today for well, some reason. Well, okay, I, I see what you're saying. I do understand you. If if you've got a, an end goal, you're going to take it a little bit more seriously yeah, and take yeah. more time to do it well. I, I see exactly what, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Not, it's not a guarantee. It's going to be great, though. I know. No, it's not a guarantee. It's going to be great. Great. Well, if Sean is teaching you. It's going to be really dang good. That's right. You go, you go to Sean, you yeah. take all those courses. Right, and I'm going to that wedding party. That's for damn sure. There you go. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. So just to finish yeah. up the class, we yeah. they end up uh, bottling what they brewed. Uh, in this case, uh, we're, we're bottling tomorrow, which is a Sunday. And depending on how many students, they'll split up uh, the bottles. So they got to bring and clean and, and package up and then take them home and get the whole process, you know, and Here's how long it takes. Here's the parts, everything from temperatures to quantities, and then you get the reward yourself. Yeah, um, and it's it's great. I also try to bring in 
some beers that have been homebrewed, not just by me, but others I know, or even previous classes, which is kind of neat for them to see, oh, this is what we can look yeah. forward to. This is yeah. what you can do. And one of the, I think one of the main things that Sean really pounds home is two of the most common mistakes that are made, and one is sanitation, mm. okay, or lack thereof is a mistake, and Sean really drives a point home that you have to sanitize everything because these microbes are going to booger up your beer absolutely everywhere, and Sean has them. I mean, when Sean teaches class, the students are, are helping. They're, they're doing right. these steps, and they're sanitizing their hands or sanitizing mm -hmm. the yeast package as they open it up. They're sanitizing everything. So that's a great point to make, and the other is temperature control. So mm -hmm. two major things that homebrewers make mistakes that they make, temperature control and sani lack of uh, sanitizing is something that Sean really uh, talks about, which is mm. obviously extremely important. Otherwise, you get those happy accidents that <laughs> we talk about when the homebrewers are brewing. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Um, so so what happens? So I've, I've been through Sean's class. Um, is, there, is there any reason I might take his class again other than just to support another friend that would, say, be doing it and wanted me to join him? Well, unless you just drank way too much beer and weren't, pay, weren't paying much attention to Sean's <laughs> class, then maybe. But I've, okay. we've never had a repeat. Okay. And so we've never had somebody to have to repeat uh, that grade and come back to school. <laughs> no, no failing. Yeah, so we got, right now we're like Pat Summer. We have a 100% pass rate <laughs> on Sean's class. Oh, man. But having, letting them know that I want to be a resource. Yes. And, and I have uh, one of my good buddies, Brian comes in and he's he's done some BJCP training, which is specific to beer styles and and how to judge beer. So mm -hmm. he's got a little different perspective in that end. Um, but we we both are are loving beer and have other jobs. But mm. I think it's infectious. I think the folks that come, they take the class. They unless you say they took a nap, they're going to be able to make beer. Yeah, uh, but that's cool. But for me and Brian to be resources for them if they need or have some questions, you know, it's nice to have a network of folks because it doesn't matter how long I've been brewing. I go to someone's house who's brewing. There's that one thing I might pick up from somebody who's brewed maybe less time than me, but they were brewing with somebody, somebody else who had a technique that I really like. Yeah, cool. So, so what happens after you um, – so, so after this, you know, I want to start. I want to learn a little bit more. I guess that's where Charles comes into play. <laughs> that's right. Awesome. <laughs> we've, we've challenged Charles not to do short answers like, that's right. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so, so, Charles, tell me a little bit about um, what, what people could expect out of, out of your class. And what, what is the official, like, name? Is it just advanced brewing or... I like, think the official name is Advanced Home Brewing. All grain. All grain. Yeah. All grain. So, okay. that. so the assumption going into this course is that you've already brewed a couple of times at least at home before. Okay. Uh, so you're 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 doing stovetop or or like the Bayou Classic turkey based. I mean turkey fryer burner. Yeah. Uh, and you want to learn to uh, to do some all grain brewing. So nice. you come into this class and we go over the entire all grain process. Um, I've actually got the guinea pig system from uh, uh, Bubba's Barrels. That was his first system. It's, uh, I brew 10 gallon batches on a three tier 
two pump system. So we go through all the equipment for that. Um, and then all the, uh, the processes for all grain brewing and you'll come out of there with the knowledge and, uh, hopefully the gumption to be able to brew some all grain, all grain beer. That is cool. So, so what, um, for, for people like me that maybe aren't the expert in all grain beer, what, what, what do you find define as an all grain beer? So stovetop is typically going to be, uh, uh, extract brewing where, okay. it, where it's pre pre malted syrup. Uh, hmm. so you're, you're already got the, the sugar extracted out of everything. You just got to boil it up and, and, uh, that's an oversimplified version of it, but you know, it, there's a little bit more that goes into all grain where you have to actually steep the grain crush, you gotta, you gotta, uh, crush the grain, okay. steep it and, and get all that going. Gotcha. Uh, so when you come to the class, you're going to learn about all of that and then everything after that as well. Yep. Gotcha. So Sean's class is a beginner's class because you skip what Charles does in the all grain, which is taking a, a raw grain, the malted barley, which is what a professional brewer would do, and then cooks that, so to speak, to make your sugar water. Okay. Okay, which is called wort, right? So wort is your sugar water, which is the name of the game. You take that sugar water, then you're going to add yeast to it. Yeah. So in extract brewing, you skip that first part, which is can be more expensive because of the equipment you're buying, a lot smellier, and your wife will say, you are not going to brew ever again in this house. <laughs> and so you want to skip that first part and, and not have your wife not want you to brew ever again in the house. So you're skipping a little bit of that first part uh, with the extract brewing. So the extract is your wort. You've already got okay. your sugar water, and you don't have to do that. warted basically. Correct. So you don't have to do that first messy part. But then, like any hobby, if you want to sort of step up your game and really do it more like the professionals do, that's what the all grain is. So you're doing those first steps with Charles and then continuing on, which is what Sean has done. So so um, maybe for some somebody new coming into brewing, I guess a good way to visualize this would be like that um, Super Bowl commercial they just had with the corn syrup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With that brewery that shall not be named. Talking about those other breweries that shall not be named. Well, I, I always tell my students, you can get you can get as nerdy as you want to with yeah. brewing. It, it definitely lends itself to just nerding out on it and spending a whole lot of money if you want to. So yeah. if you if you tell your wife that you're going to start brewing beer to save money on beer, you're most likely not telling her the <laughs> no. entire truth. Uh, you can keep it basic if you want, but if you want to make better beer, you got to kind of step things up a little bit. Gotcha. So that's where the all grain class comes in. We teach you what you're going to need and how to do things to make that better beer, step up your game a little bit and bring it up. That's and cool. Yeah, that's cool. I'm sorry, but one of the really cool things about Charles's class is we do it at his house. He's got oh, the neat. Yeah, he's got the most amazing man cave, which is a man <laughs> yeah, so garage. It's awesome. in there. It is amazing. <laughs> yeah, so yes. his man garage, uh, which he, which where he has his brewing equipment, and his brewing equipment is essentially a pilot system. It's like it's like a mini version of a of a commercial brewery. Yeah, uh, it's, it, there's no automation. There's no there's no PID controllers or anything. But uh, but yeah, it's full transfer, full all grain. Uh, it's like a like a nine hundred thousand square foot warehouse. Wow. Uh, not 900,000, 900 or a thousand. <laughs> Damn, that thing got yeah, big. It's, it's just in my backyard. That's just, that's where, <laughs> that's, that's where we, man cave, that's a man cavern. Yeah, that's where, that's where we brew beer and, and hang out and, you know, yeah. it, shoot the breeze. It, yeah. It's a good time. So Charles and, and Sean both are excellent instructors. They're fun people to, to hang out with. 
And so the students have a really good time learning a lot. Um, we, we have some food in the meantime. Obviously, we're, we're having some beer in the meantime. Mm. Oh, yeah. And Charles has introduced me as well as most of the students to hot scotchies, which... Hot scotchies, which what actually... Is a, what is a hot so scotchie? So Luann from, from Blount County Homebrewers introduced me to hot scotchies when she came to brew beer at my house. So you take the first runnings when you're transferring the ward over and mix it with a little bit of scotch. And we call them hot scotchies. It's the best part of the brew day. <laughs> it's, I'm so glad she taught it to me, which reminds me, I didn't know you were the president of Blount County Homebrewers. I want to join you guys. Seems like a really fun group. That's a good group. Yeah. Not to plug too much, but... <laughs> Although it's called Blunt County, we have a lot of defectors out of uh, other counties in the area. <laughs> Knox, um, Loudon. Do you have to do like a Blunt County test or anything to become a yeah, you honorary do. Blunt County? First, you have to pronounce Maryville correctly. Okay. Yeah, Maryville. There is no Y in Maryville. Yeah. We, we have some folks that are double dipping with other clubs <laughs> just because um, we do have a good time. Ah. And folks like Luann, who did go through uh, the Brewing Science Program, she's brewing professionally and yeah. hobby hobbyist as well still yeah yeah Luann's pretty cool yeah she's done a lot of really good stuff it's been cool to watch because i guess she really started her journey about the time we started at humble beer didn't yeah. she so, she was yeah started with pink boots I, or, we, yeah we met her when pink she boots was with was, pink boots was, doing stuff that, in Blunt but, county about the time she came out with the uh the white wolf beer yeah and started doing that it was it was cool to see her like one of the cool stories i guess we've had in humble beer is watching her progression you know, learning from Todd, becoming a professional now at, um, where, where is it? Why am I Clinch drawing? River. Clinch River. Yeah, thank, you. Clinch yes, River. thank you. Don't you remember when we were having, we had this one loser guy on a live podcast? This with uh -huh. Blue Pants was the brewery. I know that, Dirk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that guy. Yeah, some, some crazy guy was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that was a good day. Yeah. It was. It was. So Luann actually got one of her first starts and interest in, in craft beer was at the market at my beer tastings. Yeah. She was a regular at our beer tastings. I didn't know you guys were the first growler wall in East Tennessee. Yeah. That's rad. Well, I'm, I'm kind of jealous of that because, I mean, I'm of uh, the market because they, I hear so many cool stories. Like, I was part of the beer market scene, so I, I hung around that. But you do always hear about, hey, did you go to the market? And I never went to Maryville much, but you, you still hear about it. Is it still open? Is no, it, no, it closed because um, I left. I think I, I, think I went it, there uh, one time. I, it I, closed. It's now a it's the Walnut Kitchen. It's oh, a high-end, really nice oh, restaurant. Okay. Right. Yeah. But I hear, so, I hear so many stories about that place. It was a cool place, it, wasn't it, Sean? What, what kind of cool like, culture it had. <laughs> i got to be honest. I go to the Walnut Kitchen now, and I go into the bathroom. I'm like, this is way fancier than when I used to miss the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh! You mean cleaner? Is you mean fancier and cleaner are the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great! That's great. Um, so, so Charles, that's I mean that that sounds like it's pretty much your class. You come in, you learn how to whole grain brew. What if what if I get beyond that class and I'm like, okay, now I've gone and I've basically bought my own pilot system. I'm doing all this stuff. I want to learn something else, but I'm not quite ready to be a professional brewer. Are there any other courses available? Well, I, firstly, just like Sean, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll be a permanent resource for the students after that class. Cool. I, mean, they, I give them all my info. I print up packets on, you know, what I do for each step of my brew day tailored to my system so that, they, cool. that they can transfer to their system. I teach them all about the software that I use. Big plug for Beersmith. Love me some Beersmith. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
but you know, I, I try and teach them all the tricks that I know from my system. And then if they have questions later on, when they start all grain brewing, I'll, I'll be a, a reference from then on for sure. His, his is like, I guess yours is two day class, right? Cause you took come back and did bottling. Same thing. Uh, same thing. Sure. Yeah. Two weeks later, I, but I'll, I'll keg the beer and then we'll, we'll bottle it off of a, a Blickman beer gun. So they'll, they'll see that process as well as I'm sure that you get your bottle conditioning, but this is just straight off a keg. So, uh, it's ready a little faster, uh, as opposed to b- bottle conditioning. Um, probably a little bit less consistent of carbonation when you do a Blickman beer gun, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a good process. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So an answer to your question. So after Charles's class, the all grain, I think unless you want to become a professional brewer and, and you can take classes a la carte with us, if you'd like, we've okay. got different topics. So, so to there take. are other topics. And there stuff. is, but really the main thing I think is to join a club like the Blunt County's club and just brew with folks over and over and over. And like Sean said, he learns things all the time. I'm sure Charles learns things all the time. All the time. So if you're if you're brewing with with um, a cohort on a Saturday or a Sunday, you got two or three or four folks brewing, and you, you're going to learn something. So Sean, if for no other reason, you're going to need a resource for all that extra equipment you're going to have to buy. Right, right. <laughs> and it's I I tell even my beginning home brewing students on the very first five minutes is if you've ever been into golf and you know you got to have that best the next putter the next driver well there's always somebody who's stepping up their game to a bigger system uh, i've got you know uh five gallon uh, mash ton 10 gallon 15 gallon and there's always uh, a resource out there if you find a club or some folks that are going so if you want to learn or you want to have some options as far as uh, not having to buy uh, thousands of dollars worth of uh, brand new equipment necessarily. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. Um, well, I guess what, what other, what other things do we have as far as brewing distilling center comes up? If I want to get to learn um, more about the brewing process, uh, what, one of the next classes here in the next few months? Yeah. So um, we are, like Sean said, we're finishing up the home brewing level one class um here in a day or so with the bottling okay. session okay. and we will have another session with the home home brewing level one here in a few months probably later in the spring or early early summer okay so i'll be watching for that but charles's all, all grain class the next one is uh sunday march 24th okay okay so we'll be doing that then so we we do the both of these classes about three times a year okay so every four months i guess something like that just to have some time spread out and, and these guys are very busy. They obviously have a full-time job. They have families. So I want to publicly say how much I really appreciate them helping us and, and yeah. helping our students and helping me spread the good word of, of homebrewing in, in this area uh, and then taking the time to do that, plus their expertise. And they're just really, really good guys to hang out with and learn a lot from. So thank you so much, guys. Yeah. Um, so March 24th uh, for Charles's, and they'll we'll do bottling two weeks after that. Um, so that's the next things coming up. And as far as the professional class is concerned, let's talk about that for a second. So yeah. one of the new topics that we're introducing uh, in this session of our professional class is uh, barrel aging and sour production. Oh, wow. So we've got 10 hours of that in, in our professional class. 
We've got three folks that are sort of heading that up. We've got the two brewers from Elkmont, uh, Matt Lilly, who came from Brackenridge, did their barrel aging program, um, and then Crest Meadows, who came from um, Sweetwater, event, um, ultimately, before coming here to Elkmont. And they both have extensive barrel aging experience. And then Ron Grazioso, who is the head distiller at Postmodern, he teaches us about the barrel itself and, mm. and the chemistry, what's happening in the barrel. And there's some really cool things happening in the barrel when something ages. So we've got that, including our class, but we will have a summer one, one Saturday. I think we're going to be like June 29th. We'll officially announce that. But for anybody to attend to learn how to barrel age beer, whether it's a home brewer or a professional brewer, so be looking for that. So that's some exciting new stuff that we've got going on. Oh, cool. So you don't have to be a professional brewer to do that. You, can you be do a not. Brewer. Well, and so I wanted to talk about barrel aging, Sean. Well, I wanted to point out that uh, even though it's a professional program, as a home brewer, someone who wants to learn something more, being able to go in, get into uh, a particular session, whether it's on water quality for a few nights or uh, so you can step up by buying into those professional level classes, but I don't have to do that for months at a time. I can okay. pick and choose. Right. Yeah. So for example, you talk about water um, profile. So um, Aaron McLean from Crafty, mm -hmm. Crafty Bastard teaches our water profiles and that's, he does seven hours of that, actually 10 hours of that water profiles and recipe development. And anybody that's really into home brewing could attend that to really understand why water is so important and what the water profiles add to a certain style of beer. So anybody that's really getting into home brewing could attend any of our classes and uh, selecting uh, topics. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. Well, great. Well, um, I guess as we wrap up here, where, where can people find out more about Brewing Distilling right. Center? If I wanted to sign up for a class, where would I go? So like everything else, it's on our website. Mm -hmm. Everything is on our website, brewinganddistillingcenter.com. Okay. Brewinganddistillingcenter.com. Uh, go to the website. You can call me, but you can sign up for classes there. So it's fairly easy. Or if you want to call me and talk to me, I answer the phones here. So yeah. I can answer any question you have about any of the classes, whether they're professional or home brewing. So brewing distilling brewinganddistillingcenter.com or call the number that's on the website. All right. Before we wrap up, I uh, just wanted to ask you guys one last question here. Um, and that question is, what is in your beer fridge? So, Charles, I think we uh, we flipped a coin and we decided to start with you. <laughs> yeah, the, the coin flipper was me, I guess. Uh, it was uh -huh. a two-headed coin. Uh -huh. and you called heads. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> so what's in the beer fridge? Uh, let's see. So I'm one of those that's, that will just stash beer away in the pantry and then completely forget about it. Uh -huh. So I've got some really, really old beer that needs to be drunk probably this weekend now that we're thinking about it, but <laughs> I was able to, to smuggle back uh, a 12 pack of West Lateran 12 while we were in Europe two years ago. Wow. So I really need to start drinking those bad boys. Oh, man. That's probably the highlight of what's in the beer fridge, even though it's not actually in the fridge. And then obviously some Yeehaw beer because I work for the company. And yeah. Yeah. So Charles is a Yeehaw rep. It's a kickback for the company. So, <laughs> And I nice. do know where you live. It's a perk of the job. Absolutely. Sean? I'm kind of a, a beer fruit as well in that uh, I may have three or four beer fridges at my house. <laughs> okay. 
Um, What's your address? <laughs> <laughs> Along with the help. beer cellar that, uh, you know, keep piling things in, and I should probably drink more. But uh, um, on tap, I've got a uh, Great Divide, Black Beauty, or Black Butte, I guess you would say, Porter, uh, and then um, a sessionable New England Pale Ale. I, I, I really have a hard time calling it an IPA when the um, whenever the – Bitterness is only at uh, about 20 for IBUs. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, been drinking a lot of New Glarus, which comes out of Wisconsin, and been trying to smuggle some of that when I can through and around. So I'm a big fan. Nice. Okay, cool. Todd? Well, you all are drinking out of my beer fridge yeah. as, <laughs> as we speak, my being the BD, BDC beer fridge, yes. and I get lots of different things in there. So just recently, actually this week, I had one of our recent grads who got a great job at uh, Oscar Blues, and Oscar Blues does some canning for some other folks. So we're drinking High Lie right now, Indy Pale Ale. That's, that's in my fridge. But one of my go-tos is Vin Stefaner's Original, which is, um, to me, the benchmark of, of lagers. Um, my wife calls it Gwen Stefani, which, I, which is really <laughs> cool. Um, but it's uh, the oldest beer in the world. It's... Uh, the the um, brewery is uh, 1040 was when wow 1040 1040 AD think think about what was happening in the world in 1040 not a lot do you remember it do you remember <laughs> I do I graduated in 1044 <laughs> right so I was in I was in junior high in 1040 <laughs> I know that Todd's truly in love with that beer because it was a question at the market at a beer one of my beer tastings yeah beer tastings right. and I won this huge uh, I guess steiny growlery thing with that with that question with that right question there. I was closest on the year they opened Okay, you, you, yeah, you said like 1776, and that was close enough. <laughs> but I would like to thank you two, um, yeah, yeah. Chris and DJ. You do a great job of supporting the craft beer community, and there's a reason that Knoxville has the most uh, craft breweries in, in the state of Tennessee. It's folks like you, it's folks like Charles, it's folks like Sean that support this craft beer community, and it's just a whole bunch of fun. Yeah. Thank you, Todd. Yeah. Thank you guys for coming on. And, um, and yeah, with that said, this has been Chris. So this is DJ Loop. And remember to stay humble. And try to do beer. All right. Thank you, guys. This has been a Humble Pod production. Stay humble.